Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Monday edition of the program live and underway. The final four is set. We are headed to the final few days of the tournament coming up this weekend. And a lot of sadness right now because basketball season is slowly winding down. And of course, the Indiana men and women have both been out of the tournament now for basically right at a week. But I guess is it good news, Indiana fans, that Miami is still alive and headed to their first ever final four? Uh, they played well against Indiana. They played with a lot of intensity against Indiana, and that has continued through the tournament. They have played well, and they will play for a an in a national semifinal game coming up on Saturday. I, I love March Madness. I know there's a lot of disappointment here in our area this year, uh, not just Indiana, but Purdue, a number one seed knocked out of the tournament. Kentucky did not have a great run this year. Louisville didn't even come in consideration to make the tournament. So typically this Kentuckyana region is buzzing over the last few weeks. And a lot of that momentum, I think, was stolen away or was taken away because of some real lackluster performances here in recent weeks and in, for Louisville, really, from the start of their season. But to see Florida Atlantic make the Final Four, it's amazing to see uh, San Diego State, a senior-laden and older team, stay together in the world of uh, quick moves and transfer portal things and college basketball is, is special. And to see Miami get hot and make it to their first Final Four is, is just neat. And to see Connecticut play so well, I think that you've got to say, at least I believe so, heading into this weekend with how good they are playing, they have to be the favorite going into the Final Four this weekend. But just a special time. You never know what's going to happen. Last year was a blue blood heavy Final Four. This year, really, no blue bloods in the Final Four. Connecticut would be probably the closest thing to that. Uh, but amazing to think that in our world of transfer portal and instantaneous recruiting and so many other things, that Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, one of those two teams, is going to be in the national championship game a week from tonight, one week from this Monday night, one of those two teams will try for a national championship. It is just mind-blowing to me uh, and just amazing that these teams have made it. It makes you wonder, did the transfer portal help some of this? Because uh, players like going to Florida Atlantic uh, are able to go down a level after maybe they don't get the time or the role that they want at a bigger school. Uh, but just just a different time in college basketball, and this is a different Final Four to match with this different time in college basketball, that's for sure. But I'm excited to see how it plays out. 
can one of the underdogs win? Although somebody sent me a little clip over the weekend of metrics from the college basketball season. If you look at things from a metrics, from a computer perspective, uh, Florida Atlantic really isn't that much of an underdog, and I'm sure we'll talk some more about that this week. But a really unique and different Final Four coming up this weekend, and I uh, can't wait to see how the games play out. And we'll see. I think Connecticut's the favorite, but Miami has been hot. Florida Atlantic has just got this attitude and feeling that they're not going to go away easy if they go away at all. And then again, that real old, senior-laden San Diego State team, it, it, those types of teams are dangerous in the tournament. So we've got some fun ahead, I think, this week, uh, this weekend, a week from now, when we get to the Final Four and ultimately the National Championship game next Monday night. You know, I, I want to mention this. We've got three Indiana connections in the Final Four. The biggest and the most newsworthy, uh, Dusty May from Greene County. We have talked about him a lot over the last couple weeks since his team has been red hot. Uh, but they are headed to the Final Four. He is the head coach of that team. He has had all kind of screen time recently, as you would expect any coach that leads an upset bid through the tournament, but uh, played at Eastern Green High School, and he's just was a manager at Indiana uh, and, and went on to start his college career, actually played his freshman year at Oakland City Wood Memorial to our west, uh, but just really connected in this area. He knows a lot of the high school coaches here. He's recruited this area. Uh, over the course of his college career when there have been players here, I think, that fit into wherever he's been at. And I, I think I told somebody, maybe said this last week, I think the last time I heard from Dusty May was maybe when he was looking at Josh Jefferson, I think when he had hit the transfer portal at one point uh, from his college career. Of course, Josh, a New Albany product. Uh, but just a good guy and a lot of people pulling for him. Uh, I saw that Eastern Green High School, Obviously, they've adopted their alumni this week. It's Florida Atlantic Spirit Week at Eastern Green High School uh, this week. And so every day they've got a different theme to celebrate Coach May and his ties to the school, which is really neat. Of course, also on Florida Atlantic, you've got John L. Davis. He's a sophomore for FAU, played high school basketball at 21st Century in Gary. He's a six foot four, 203-pound guard. They get some good time for the Florida Atlantic team. So two Hoosier connections on the same Florida Atlantic team. Also, on Miami, you've got Nigel Pack. And Nigel had a terrific career at Lawrence Central, a great high school basketball player in our state. He's been a huge weapon, especially on the offensive end of things, for Miami the last few weeks. And uh, was really a big name in the offseason when he hit the transfer portal and picked Miami because he did so almost simultaneously as he picked Miami. Uh, he announced or it was announced that he was a part of some really big NIL deals that brought, I think, 800 plus thousand dollars his way. That's just what is known from some of those NIL opportunities. So he went, of course, from Kansas State to Miami via the transfer portal. And again, with a lot of big NIL deals in Miami with that town and that situation there and the booster situation, they have been known as one of the big schools when it comes to NIL. So three good Indiana connections in the final four. Who knows? Perhaps uh, Dusty May and Florida Atlantic 
with John L. Davis on the court, would take on Miami with Nigel Pack on the court. And the odd thing is, is that those campuses, somebody told me, are about 30 minutes or so away from each other. So not a lot of distance between the two. But uh, pretty neat to see this shakeout. And always good to know that there are Indiana basketball connections almost anywhere you turn in the game. Uh, you'll find connections back to our state, whether it's coaches or players or uh, other people involved in the game. It's amazing all the connections with basketball uh, in our state. But three very noteworthy connections to the Final Four coming up this weekend. State championships as well played in Indianapolis. We'll talk more about those coming up a little bit later in the show. I guess I need to give you the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, more headlines. More recap of the weekend. Segment two, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will be with us as we talk the latest with Indiana here in the offseason. You talk about the transfer portal, some activity there. Last week, Logan Duncombe entered the portal, and there have been a slew of names that Indiana has been at least connected to in some way or some fashion uh, even more this weekend. So we'll talk about that with Zach and a lot of other things coming up in segment two. And then later today, Chad Gilbert, AD at Charlestown, IHSAA executive board member. He'll be with us. I know Chad was at the state finals over the weekend, and so we'll get <clears throat> excuse me, some inside uh, word on him. And, of course, the big highlight from the state finals over the weekend was undefeated Ben Davis winning a state championship with a ton of big-time college coaches sitting courtside for the game, primarily there to see, obviously, Kokomo and their star player, but uh, a lot of guys there over the weekend. That was really cool to see a number of big-time college coaches in Indianapolis for the 4A championship game. That's a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, Right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send us your question or comment or thoughts on the Final Four or a recap of the high school season, whatever you want to share, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. 1450. Let's get into some more headlines today. I mentioned the high school basketball state championships over the weekend. Obviously, a ton of people there uh, from a college perspective, as mentioned. We'll talk more with Chad about that a little bit later. But the IU connection uh, in the championships on Saturday was former IU guard Matt Roth. He is now the head coach at Blackhawk Christian in Fort Wayne, and they won a very close and competitive game over Linton Stockton in the 2A championship game in the first session on Saturday. That was one of the better games as far as the score goes on Saturday. Roth obviously came in to coach under Mark Davidson, who passed away from cancer. So a really neat story surrounding Coach Davidson and the entire program. And of course, course with Roth coming in to take over, his IU connection has really been played up in the last week or so. But 1A, Indianapolis Lutheran, the team that beat Rock Creek in a very competitive game, 
They blew away Southwood, 97-66, the final score to get things going on Saturday morning. Then Blackhawk, Christian, and Linton Stockton, a competitive game, 52-45, the final score there. Another great game in the 3A contest, Northwood and Garen Catholic, an overtime affair. Northwood won by 3.66-63 in OT. And then, of course, the nightcap with all the coaches uh, on the sideline, Mike uh, Woodson there, all four IU coaches in attendance at Gainbridge Fieldhouse on Saturday night. Undefeated Ben Davis, they finished the deal with a 53-41 win over Kokomo and just a really solid Ben Davis team. I did not think that they played their best basketball, to be honest, but they were able to get the win and really pretty much, I don't want to say dominated, but controlled a great portion of the 4A championship game on Saturday night. Of course, Flory Badunga uh, getting a lot of attention from college coaches. He had a good game, some unbelievable dunks and athletic moves that he is able to make. It explains, I think, very clearly, if you've never seen him before but got a chance to see him on Saturday night, why he is garnering the attention that he is from some of these different big-time college basketball programs. But obviously, a big night for him, but a bigger night for Ben Davis as they undefeated win a state championship in our state. Of course, Don Carlisle, the coach at Ben Davis, he was a part of some of those great Ben Davis teams back in the 90s, so neat to see he. Also, Courtney James, a former Ben Davis star, on the sidelines leading the Giants to a state championship on Saturday night. But a really good day of basketball on Saturday. And really, overall, a good weekend of basketball with the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 games, both on the men's and the women's side as well. And we'll talk a little bit about the women this week. Iowa headed to the Final Four on the women's side after a big win over Louisville late last night to close out a weekend of basketball. So uh, some really good stuff over the weekend. And we're starting to see our women's Final Four come together now as well. We'll head to a commercial break. Don't forget to send me a text, the number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Still ahead. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will talk IU, the Final Four, and more. Also, Chad Gilbert on the state championships coming up a little bit later in the show. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. What's we're missing for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. What's we for Coach? You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us. And the Thornton's text line is open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach, we are headed to the Final Four. This is the craziest Final Four, at least to me, that I can ever remember. Your thoughts on FAU and San Diego State and a Miami team that got hot, beat Indiana, and played well throughout the tournament making the Final Four all big, big surprises to me. Yeah, I mean, I think um, 
you know, any one of those making the Final Four in a vacuum maybe wouldn't feel so surprising, you know, especially a team like Miami, for example, which has, you know, proven high-level scores and a lot of experience, or a team like San Diego State, which obviously has had a lot of success in recent years and kind of has a, you know, a pretty sort of established culture of this is how we build rosters and this is the way we win games. It's, it's the, you know, it's, it's the magnitude of it. And then obviously FAU is, you know, maybe we've become a little bit, just a little bit inured to, you know, the, the mid-majors after Butler, after VCU, after George Mason, et cetera. Um, but I think to be fair, you know, FAU is arguably one of the schools that's, you know, kind of had to do it the hard way. That, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of the upsets in their path other than, of course, um, the, the really, really big one uh, at the very beginning. But, they, you know, they had to cut through some, um, some teams that were playing pretty well. You know, and not least Kansas State, which had been so good in the back half of the season, had been so good in the Big 12, you know, had played maybe the game of the tournament in knocking off Michigan State. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said, I think, I think if we, if any one of these teams had made it through, we'd sort of say that's a great story, but maybe we, we shouldn't be surprised. It's, it's that all of them have managed to, to cut through in the same year. And I think, that, you know, we've, this has also been one of those tournaments, I think it was the first one where, like, no one seed was alive in the Elite Eight since the 70s or something like that. I saw it's the, um, the first tournament. Uh, I can find this. I can't find it in time. But it's the first tournament since... Um, we began either seeding or I think the, maybe the, the, the first expansion, I can't remember what it was, but Jeff Borzello over at ESPN said, first time there are no McDonald's All-Americans on any of these rosters since 1979. Um, you know, so that, that tells you maybe a little bit about parity, a little bit about portal, a little bit about, and I, I think a lot about maybe the COVID year and, and being able to have guys for that extra year. Um, but it's, it's been fun. I mean, you know, anybody who, Anybody who says it hasn't been a fun tournament to this point, I think, is, is kidding themselves. I, I know that sometimes we, sometimes fun is getting, you know, UNC Kansas, and that's fine, but it's all right sometimes if it's, you know, FAU Miami or San Diego State Miami or San Diego State UConn, whatever it winds up being in the national game. You mentioned the transfer portal and just the changing world around college basketball and college sports. What effects do you think maybe it's had on the tournament this year and opening bigger doors or better opportunities for schools like Florida Atlantic and San Diego State to make a deeper run or get to the Final Four? How are those connected, and, and are they connected at all? Yeah, I think they are connected. I think, I think each, you know, kind of picks it its own thing a little bit. I, again, I think, I think the COVID year is a big one. Um, you know, when you look at, like, Jordan Miller at Miami, we can talk about Miami's NIL setup and Nigel Pack and all that. Um, but Jordan Miller, you know, was a, a grad transfer, or was a, I guess I don't know if he was a grad transfer, but he was a transfer from George Mason, and, um, you know, he would not be, if not for the COVID year, he would have been done last year. And, you know, frankly, there are any number of ways in which, he feels like one of the real linchpins for this Miami team because they've got 
they are smaller at guard, but because he is so dynamic at that four spot and can make shots, and of course he was their leading scorer yesterday, um, you know, he he really sort of completes the the matchup problems Miami poses. I think you can look at, you know, different rosters. I mean, Kansas State a lot was made of how I, I don't think any member of their starting five began their career at, at Kansas State. Um you know, that, that obviously says something unto itself. And so there's a little bit of NIL in this and, and you know, maybe a, a, a program like Miami that, you know, five years ago was perennially sort of tapped somewhere around the round of 32. Now with a little bit of NIL resource and investment, you know, can, can step up to, um, you know, being a, you know, grabbing that one extra player, maybe two extra players. They get them over the hump. There's a little bit of the portal, obviously, being able to bring in more experienced players at times. There's a little bit of, again, I think the COVID year, um, either A, allowing guys to just get a little bit older in the spots they're in, or B, maybe you get a guy that was capped off another program because that program didn't feel like it had the room, but that guy had an extra year, and so suddenly you got you know, a, a, a transfer that gave you a little more experience, a little more depth, a little more punch in whatever position they played. I think it's all just kind of rolled in together. It's, it's, it's a sign of the times, but I think it's a sign of a number of different trends, not just any one. Zach, I want to talk with you about some of the state of Indiana connections in the Final Four. Of course, Dusty May from Greene County, he was a former uh, manager at Indiana um, and has just been around basketball in our state for a while. I think a lot of high school coaches know him if you've been involved in the travel scene dusty just a guy that's always been around but it's neat to see him get this opportunity to lead his own program after years of being an assistant uh, but have his opportunity to get to the final four who who would have ever thought it at florida atlantic but uh, as he gets this notoriety and as his team wins these big games He's become a familiar name in the landscape of Indiana basketball. I know you guys have run a few stories on him and giving some of his background in our state and his time at Indiana, but neat to see the connections that he's got back here to the Hoosier State. And a reminder, too, I think, and, you know, I'm I'm not here to go crazy on the Indiana should be coached by a former player narrative, um, you know, or, or, or a former Hoosier narrative, but. A reminder, too, that, you know, that there is kind of a, a, a new generation of former Hoosiers, you know, and, and we know some of them, Dane Fife, uh, Michael Lewis. Um, but the, there is a growing generation of coaches with, you know, direct ties to Indiana, either as players, managers, graduate assistants or managers, et cetera. Um, you know, it's... It, I'm not. I'm not trying to consign the Mike Woodsons and the Steve Alfords of the world um, to the dustbin of history. Um, you know, those are guys that still have a lot of a lot of good basketball years left in them as coaches. But you know, for so long, as, as you know, a relative outsider, I grew up in in Georgia. Um, you know, I whenever this conversation would start about you know should Indiana be coached by an Indiana guy, that conversation always centered around people like Mike Woodson, like Steve Alford, like Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, we, we can, we can, we can sit here and list all the names. It feels like that, that conversation is never quite going to go away in a place like this. It's just, it's just 
part of the fabric of Indiana basketball, and that's okay. But it does feel like the, the conversation now shifts more toward people like Michael Lewis and people like Dusty May when you start thinking about, you know, the 10-year, the 20-year 20 outlook and things like that. Are there going to be, you know, coaches that a program like Indiana could call on? You know, it's going to be guys increasingly coming from that that field. And I think Dusty's done a, a really good job at FAU. I think he was already, you know, kind of respected as a, uh, as a good young coach, you know, he took that. That's that's not that's not a job with a ton of natural advantages, um, and and he took it. You know, I think he had connections from his time as an assistant at Florida. Um, but you know, if you watch them, they run good stuff. He stays poised. They stay poised. You know, it's it's it, they're not they're not riding the coattails of you know just him finding one diamond in the rough and 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 kind of blowing the doors off with it. You've just got a group there, and I think Lossman made it this Mike Davis sort of uh, chat that Mike Davis had with FAU after they played Detroit Mercy earlier this year, where he said, you know, that, that you guys may be one of the, you know, the, the four or five most connected, most invested, most together teams in the country. Don't let go of that. Don't lose that, and don't take that for granted. You know that what that can mean for you in the tournament. You think about the number of times they've been in tight situations in the last two weeks. And they've not wilted. They've pulled together rather than coming apart. I think it speaks to, obviously, Dusty's coaching ability um, and, and, and the buy-in he's gotten from that roster of players that has, you know, just kind of consistently, at least as I've watched them, not just in the tournament, they had a great season. You know, they won 30-plus games and, you know, were ranked for a lot of the year. Um, they have consistently looked like a, you know, basically better than the um, the sum of their parts. They, they are better as a team than they are as individuals. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis star. Also want to bring up Nigel Pack. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's from Lawrence Central High School in Indianapolis. Was a great player there. Had some great years with Lawrence Central in that program. And Coach Gooden, who announced his retirement uh, late last week. But he entered the transfer portal after time at Kansas State, who, oddly enough, had a deep run into the Elite Eight as well. And he committed fairly quickly, if I remember correctly, once he entered the portal to Miami, and immediately there were NIL deals that surrounded him in Miami, and he was able to make some really good money this year uh, as a player for the Hurricanes. So he's a in-state guy that got away first to Kansas State. I think Indiana was at least mentioned when he entered the portal, uh, but he ultimately goes to Miami, I think, financially through NIL and then on the court with his performances and Miami's success to the Final Four this year. It's been a good move for him. Yeah, and he's, you know, if, if you've ever met him, um, and when I say you, I just mean the general you. I don't know if you have or not, but he's, he's a great kid. He's really nice. Um, he's very sort of thoughtful and, and, you know, sort of respectful and all that, but at the same time, you know, not afraid to kind of speak his mind, um, at least in the few interactions I've had with him. You know, he, 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 he walks that line really well between, um, you know, never saying anything disrespectful, but also not being just sort of a, you know, a robot. Um, I also think there's, and I think people have written about this in different ways. You know, there was a lot made of, of all that, you know, the, the whole sort of suggestion that, you know, Pack was, uh, Nigel Pack was, was going to get, you know, like $800,000 over two years in a car or something like that. Um, and, you know, then supposedly, and I think some of this has been, 
debunked or refuted since, but at the time anyway, it was sort of claimed that Isaiah Wong was going to transfer if he didn't get a similar deal and all this different stuff. And um, to be fair to everyone involved, and again, I think this has been written in different ways since the tournament, um, since Miami kind of, you know, really geared up this tournament run. Um, you know, Miami was supposed to be kind of the poster child for NIL pulling a locker room apart and, and NIL being bad for a program, being bad for team chemistry and togetherness and things like that. And yet, frankly, it, it feels like the opposite has happened and not necessarily just because Nigel Pack or Isaiah Wong or anybody got a, a big NIL deal, but because, um, you know, ultimately the, you know, the locker room ecosystem, for lack of a better term, survived. You know, it, 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 it just adjusted, which is, I think, something a lot of us thought it would from, from the beginning. So, um, you know, Miami, I think a lot of people thought Miami might wind up being a cautionary tale, and I think they've kind of turned into the opposite, and I think it's, it's probably to their credit. All right, Zach, final note. I know we haven't really got to much Indiana stuff today, but I didn't get a chance to see it. I couldn't stay awake, but Caitlin Clark at Iowa – are headed to the Final Four, and she had a monster game, really an unbelievable single-game performance for her. I think 41 points last night uh, as Iowa knocked off a surging Louisville team uh, to get to the women's Final Four. So I think Indiana fans, uh, as they paid more and more attention this season to the women, got a chance there to find out just how good she is. And, boy, she showed really the, the country last night, those watching that Elite Eight game. Yeah, I, I know Caitlin Clark became something of a villain for Indiana fans this year, and I think there's probably an extent to which that's inevitable. You know, ultimately Iowa was kind of materialized as Indiana's primary competition for, for the Big Ten regular season title, and, you know, Caitlin Clark plays the game a certain way. She's very confident. She's hard to shake. She's, um, you know, she's very singular-minded. And, again, you know, sometimes you just, I think there's an extent to which sometimes too you just need villains. You know, you need you need somebody to cheer against so that you can uh, really feel like you're cheering for something. Um, but I mean, I, I I hope people take a, the opportunity to just sort of recognize she is. I mean, she is a, a remarkable basketball player. She's one of those players that yes, she can drive you mad sometimes. And, and hey, listen, you know, Indiana had more success against her than. Um, most teams have had this season. You think about how inefficient they made her in the win over Iowa at home. Um, you think about the extent to which, you know, I know they lost the game, but ultimately Iowa needed a falling away buzzer beater three to beat them in Iowa City um, you know, on the last day of the regular season. And I, I imagine there's also an element of this that's just hard for Indiana fans because their season did end you know, on a, on a relatively sour note with some players injured and Indiana falling out in the round of 32. But um, she's a, she's just a heck of a basketball player. She's as, as good of a women's basketball player as I think I've seen in college, certainly in the way she plays the game. Her, you know, her skills and her ability to see the game almost at a different speed to the players around her, that there's, you know, there are things. She's one of those players that, you watch and you think, just when you think, you know, the, uh, I, I use Chloe Moore McNeil as an example. Just when you think, oh, Chloe Moore McNeil's, you know, faked her out or she's figured her out, she's, she's put her in an impossible situation defensively here. And then she just wriggles out of it with something, you know, some, 
some double move that you just nobody else on the floor, nobody else in the building could have seen coming. She's a truly remarkable player, and I don't know how much I think she's she's got years of eligibility left. Obviously, I, I don't know. You know, at some point, do you just want to turn pro and, and start figuring that out, or is there, you know, maybe more money in NIL opportunities, college, et cetera, and so forth? Um, but I, I do hope people appreciate how good she is and, and how rare what you are seeing when you watch her um, ultimately is, is going to prove to be because we're not going to see another player like that again, I suspect, for a very long time. Oh, I agree. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, with us Monday. Zach, thanks for the chat. Thank you for having me, as always. All right, we will head to a commercial break. couple notes as we go to break. Marissa Gassaway, who played for Silver Creek on their state championship team, she will play tonight for a junior college championship. She plays for Northwest Florida. So that game tonight at 9 o'clock on ESPN, I am told. So congratulations and good luck to Marissa. And also it looks like Penn State is zeroing in on VCU coach Mike Rhodes. That came about yesterday afternoon. It sounds like that's taking even some steps further here on this Monday. So we could have a new Big Ten coach very soon. We'll head to a break. Chad Gilbert is next. We'll talk about Flory Badunga and the IHSAA state championships when we come back. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Monday program. Still trying to connect with Chad Gilbert here in the final segment, so we'll try to continue to do that. Text on the Thornton's text line. Uh, texter says, how many, uh, high, how many high school varsity head coaching jobs are open in Southern Indiana. Did I hear North Harrison may be open? Yes, Texter, you heard correctly. Lou LaFay, former Providence coach who went to North Harrison is uh, or did announce last week that he's resigning and will pursue some other coaching opportunities across the state, uh, but nothing I don't think lined up officially for him at this point. But yes, uh, North Harrison can be added to the list of openings right now here in the area. Chad Gilbert is with me. Not only is Chad AD at Charlestown, he's also an executive committee member for the IHSA, so he is fresh off of the uh, state championship games on Saturday. Chad, I believe you spent most, if not all, of the weekend in Indianapolis. And I tell you what, some big games on a big stage. And for that 4A game, I know there's a lot of interest in Ben Davis and finishing undefeated, and of course, Flory Badunga of Kokomo, he was so good. But all kinds of college coaches lining up, including Mike Woodson of Indiana, the entire Indiana staff, to take in that 4A game with a monstrous crowd as well at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Well, man, it was a great week, you know, for uh, basketball in general. We got to go uh, Wednesday to the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony for uh, high school basketball. And, and what a great crowd was there, you know, if – if you have not had a chance to go to Primo's uh, south side of Indianapolis and be involved in the Basketball Hall of Fame, 
induction ceremony, it is a who's who of basketball people. You know, it's just not coaches. It's just not players. It's people. And it's something that is a fabulous opportunity to be part of. Uh, it's uh, once a year the girls is coming up again next. You know, the, and to, you know you're, you're up there and you're seeing James Blackman's or uh, Brad Stevenson's who's been Brad Stevens who's been uh, inducted or, or Kurt Manns from Seymour. You know, lots of different people that have some. It, it, we're getting older, Matt. Where people that you know we kind of grew up with in our age, Eric Montrose, Brian Evans got in. Uh, are starting to go in these things, it's pretty special. And so we got to start the week off there and then made our way, you know, to the uh, state finals, which, you know, the state finals, Matt, is a celebration of the year. You know, there's eight teams who have made it to the finals, and they should all be celebrating because they've had outstanding years. And the games were magnificent, Matt. I mean, just game after game of great basketball, great sportsmanship. The fans were outstanding. Uh, And – and personally, you know, for the Gilbert family, Bam and Evelyn got to be the ball boys all day. So, you know, what an experience for them to be down on the floor, uh, be part of it. You know, in the 4A game to be out there, they, they were, Matt, we don't let people shoot basketball at halftime at Charlestown games. And my kids got to shoot basketball at halftime of the 4A game with 17,000 fans in there. You know, just unbelievable. It was a, it was a great day. Lots of college coaches there to see, uh, Again, the kids got to get their pictures taken with all the coaches, everyone around them. It's something that hopefully it'll springboard them for a love of basketball, and it'll also be some great memories they can pass on and we can have together as a family. So basketball has done so much for the Gilbert family, and it's something that for the state of Indiana is so, so, so special. And I know you and I embrace it, and I just hope others continue to get behind it and keep the tradition alive because – it, there's nothing like going to the state finals in Indianapolis. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert with me. Chad, your favorite moment from the weekend? Was it the morning session, the 1A, 2A games, or the 3A, 4A? What, what, what was the takeaway you had or maybe the best game you saw or the best player you saw, something that you'll keep with you from this year's state championship games? Matt, you know, when you, you go there, they each brought something special. Each brought a different style of play. Um, you know, you get to see referees. You know, this is a celebration for officials, too, because – they've gotten their spot and they've got to the pinnacle of their game where they're refereeing the state finals and they just did an outstanding job. But, you know, without question, you've got Ben Davis and then, you know, it's, it's a four, a game and I get that, but you've got an undefeated team. Do you know how hard it is to go undefeated much less than Marion County who just was outstanding from the tip played together, well coached, uh, not arguing calls, just playing hard. And they did outstanding. And then you've got a guy who's a McDonald's All-American on the other team, on Kokomo, and Flory is as good as advertised. You know, Greg Oden-esque. And every one of those coaches over there, whether it was Indiana, whether it was Ball State, Indiana State, uh, Auburn, Kentucky, uh, you know, they're there for one person. They're there to see them. You know, and it, it takes a lot to get Coach Calipari to come watch you play. That shows you what kind of player he is. And the guy, you know, Florian Kokomo is 100% pro, without question, NBA player. So right, to, to be able to see him and to see the crowd, the atmosphere in that 4A game, it was something special. Better than any 4A game I've ever attended. I was going to ask you, you've been around basketball and a lot of players from a lot of different levels. Uh, I've seen Flory play. Uh, you know, online as games are available, uh, but you got a chance Saturday night to see him up close and personal, just like a lot of those big time Division One college coaches. But 
everybody, Chad, that I respect, that I've seen, or that I've talked with, have seen him play. Uh, they all say exactly what you just did, that he's a pro. So he is the real deal. No, and he just has another gear. If you watch him run the court, I mean, he can just take off. And this is with guys, you know, there's some guys that get underneath him a little bit. This is with guys sagging in. Uh, and what he's done, you know, he's expanded his game. He's a great passer out of the post. Uh, just can't say enough good things about the kid and how the future is so bright for him. And you, you just see a star in the making watching him play and know one day, you know, he's going to be in the NBA. I guess no spotting of Coach Shrewsbury, a guy that's got some Southern Indiana connections uh, at the state finals. He, he, he probably just getting settled maybe at Notre Dame. I don't think he was there. Correct. Was he? No, I think he was, like I said, I think he's just trying to get settled in and, do, and get his things together up there. But he will do an excellent job, and he will be someone, if they're not playing, he will be a, someone that's in attendance you know, every year because, you know, he knows how to work the state for sure. Tom Izzo was another one. You know, they got beat Thursday. He's in attendance there Saturday. And uh, it's just a, a great place for coaches to come watch talented Indiana high school players. And it's, it's like the people say, you know, Indiana is a basketball state. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert with me Monday. Chad's the athletic director at Charlestown High School and an IHSA executive board member. Chad, I know there's more basketball to talk about, but baseball and softball and spring sports are here. I know it's a busy time for athletic directors. A lot of people are either thinking about spring break or coming off of spring break. But if you're an AD, you're trying to hope, number one, weather holds out. And number two, you've got everything ready to go. Uh, first baseball games, official games, not scrimmages, uh, this, this week. In fact, tonight there's some in our area. We play tonight, Matt. Baseball and softball is underway. Our guys have been doing an excellent job. We're blessed at Charlestown to have a turf softball field, total turf, and we have a turf infield in baseball, but our outfield looks great. Our coaches have done a great job on our facilities, and it's that time of year, Matt. It's, it's baseball softball time. But a question I've got for you. You were in attendance at a basketball game this weekend and got to see Alabama play at the Yum Center. How was that atmosphere over there? Yeah, it was good, and to see a number one seed go down, I didn't think that that would happen. I really did not, at least Alabama. Crazy thing is, I predicted the first game would maybe not be a great game. I thought the second game between Creighton and Princeton would be really good and kind of worked out to be a little opposite of that. But, man, you know this. You've played at them. I never have. But just to be in attendance in any way, shape, or form, whether it's on the sideline as a coach or media member or in the stands as a fan – there's just something different about postseason basketball. It just gives a different feel. It's electric, isn't it, Matt? That's the way you can you can put it. It just it puts goosebumps on your arms talking about it. And when you're there, there there's no other way to describe it. it. Is it is just it takes you to a different level and just puts your outlook on things. It and a positive, exciting feel. It's it's a great time of of the year, and it's a great time that fans get to get behind their teams. Not just. Uh, behind their teams, but they get to be behind college athletes and support, you know, them putting their best on the line and just to, just to try to go out and win. And it's something very, very special that, uh, um, uh, not many people get the opportunity to be involved with, but when you're out there, man, like when you, like you said, when you're in the crowd and you're seeing that game and the Yum Center is a magnificent venue to watch a game like that in, it, it, it just gives you chills. Absolutely. Chad Gilbert with me on Mondays. Chad, the only downfall is 
basketball season is coming to an end very, very slowly. So we've got a few games left. Better enjoy it all. But thanks for being with me today. Matt, I appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. Thank you very much. That's going to wrap things up for this Monday edition of the show. Back with you on Tuesday, Final Four week. And don't forget Women's uh, Elite Eight. There's a game tonight that will set the Women's Final Four. Their Elite Eight wraps up tonight. And then Final Four begins on Friday. That's a quick turnaround. Talk with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. WX.